This podcast is sponsored by Oasis Aqua Lounge. Join our online community of sex-positive swingers and individuals looking to make connections while we are all stuck at home. We host events seven days a week and have hundreds of active members to meet and mingle with. Head to members.oasisaqualounge.com to join the party today. Hello and welcome to Sex News with Ray. I'm your host, Ray, and I'm very excited to introduce you to my co-host for the next three episodes. This person is nobody special. She has very little internet presence. She gets excited at 13 likes on Instagram on her photos. And she does not work in the sex industry at all. She is literally just my friend. That being said, she is one of the coolest people that I know. She's very funny. And uh, hanging out with her is always a joy. So I invited her into my home today because if you have a podcast, you get to invite your friends over to to be on it with you. Otherwise, what's the what's the fucking point? Danielle, why don't you tell us a bit about yourself after that wonderful introduction? <laughs> well, thank you so much for the wonderful introduction. I think actually my mom might disagree with you. She thinks I'm special. Or at least that's <laughs> what she tells me. What can I tell you about myself? I am a teacher of languages, a traveler of the world. I've lived in many different countries, including far-reaching places such as Australia, South Africa, South Korea, Turkey, and Georgia. I was teaching while I was there. I'm a musician. I like to, I, I had a band at one time. I don't now, uh, hence <laughs> why I'm still not special. But uh, <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm a singer. I, I love to play guitar. I, I love to sing. And uh, I'm a martial artist, which is actually how we met. Yeah. I, I love doing all kinds of martial arts. And I'm, I guess you would say I'm an enthusiast. More than a hobbyist. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, not just a hobby. It's a lifestyle. <laughs> exactly. So uh, kickboxing, boxing, and Brazilian jiu-jitsu are my chosen uh, martial arts. Yeah. And whenever we get paired up in kickboxing, I just feel bad because I feel like I'm holding you back. <laughs> I'm like, can you punch slower? That was too fast for me to see. You're like, that was slow. Well, you got everyone has to start somewhere, you know? It's very true. Okay. So today in sex news, we're going to be doing two articles again, just for, so everyone knows. Danielle actually sent me these articles. I did not send them to her. She just sent me like a million articles and I picked, I think, two from each one because they were just so interesting. So I'm going to give her the credit for today's episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you have a thought there? <laughs> no, I was just I was just celebrating how okay. um I had the content. Yeah. Okay. So article number one is called Stella Emanuel's Theories about the Relationship Between Demons, Illness, and Sex Have a Long History. It's from The Conversation, July 29th, 2020. And this is our, an article around Dr. Stella Emanuel, who is a Houston doctor and Christian pastor and founder of Firepower Ministries in Houston, Texas. She posted a video claiming that hydroxychloroquine could cure the coronavirus and rejected the effectiveness of face masks. So some background info before getting more into the article. Donald Trump retweeted her because, you know, she supported his theory that coronavirus is, I guess, a hoax. I don't know. But when journalists then dug into her past, they found examples of, of outlandish and unmedical claims. For example, having sex with demons can cause cysts and endometriosis. She offers prayer to remove generational curses, which she believes are received from an ancestor but transmitted through the placenta science. Mm. So back to the article. 
Many, there are many mentions of demons in both Christian and Jewish religious texts. For example, Asmodeus, the demon of lust, killed every man betrothed to a woman named Sarah because he had the hots for her. And then Christian gospels link demons to illness multiple times. There's apparently something called biblical apocrypha, which I'm just going to summarize as the side stories that are not actually in the Bible. They're just the stories, the, the cultural stories that were being told. Anecdotes. Anecdotes, right. There you go. The side quest, if you will. Oh, yeah. And apparently they have lots of demons in them that apparently also fueled the witch craze of the 16th and 17th century. For those of you who are unfamiliar with it, many people were killed, mostly women, through claims that they consorted with and were fucking demons. So Stella Emanuel has over 94,000 followers on Twitter with her dedicated platform as a pastor, where she casts herself as a prophet and a destroyer of demons. And other modern Christians apparently also connect health issues to demons, like Charisma, which is a Christian publication that published a story that sex with demons can cause slash do cause homosexuality. Side note before we get into the rest of the article. If fucking a hot demon made me gay, sign me up. Yeah, you'd do it. I'd fuck that demon. I'm like, homosexuality? Could like like full homosexuality or just bisexuality? Because if I could be bi, I think my life would be better. I don't know. I think for me, it depends on what he's backing. That's very, very fair. I'm sure he has some sort of horn for you. <laughs> hey, hey. Okay. So a uh, quote from the article. If anything, the coronavirus pandemic has shown how many on the religious right continue to rely on faith over science. Studies have already emerged showing how the tension between faith and science has influenced many conservative Christians to resist the use of masks and other public health responses to the pandemic. So that's article number one. Basically, this is a woman who thinks COVID is cured with a medication that doesn't work on COVID because of malaria. Yeah, well, it's used to treat malaria. It's anti-malarial medication. So right. you use it to prevent malaria. Right. But and they're so suggesting you can use it to prevent COVID-19 and or treat it once you have contracted COVID-19. Which is not true. But the interesting part here is that this woman is an actual doctor. She is an yes. MD. She a went medical through medical school. Doctor. Yes. And she's also a pastor who believes in demons. Another example of a medical doctor who has some interesting beliefs is Christian Northrup. So article two is Christian Northrup MD, science tainted with strange beliefs. This is from a website called Science Based Medicine from May 27th, 2008. So this one's just here to sort of add context to the conversation that we're having. To summarize this one, Christian Northrup, Christian. I don't know. She's an OBGYN who combines chakra-inspired energy work and astrology with medicine. This article is a very scathing review of her beliefs, and I'm going to give you a few quotes. Northrop provides a lot of good information about menopause, hormones, and health in general. Unfortunately, it is mixed with information that scientific medicine does not accept as valid, that is not supported by any credible evidence. When she does quote evidence, she often quotes it selectively to reach conclusions different from the scientific consensus. So Northrop believes that illness is the body's response to blocked energy or unresolved feelings. Uh, she, bad chi is what that is. <laughs> I mean, you sound just like her. She's really into hormones, diet supplements, Chinese herbs, and sketchy lab tests. And then the person who writes the article says, I can see the appeal of her philosophy for the average woman. She stresses empowerment, taking control of one's life, doing proactive things to prevent illness and finding ways to make the menopausal years more satisfying than ever. As she puts it, when we reframe our symptoms and see them as her inner guidance knocking on the door to each emotional center, asking us to allow more light and wisdom into that particular area, then we don't feel victimized by our bodies and we have the opportunity to feel empowered by the life energy that is coursing through us at midlife. 
Northrop's writings are a disconcerting mixture of good science, misinterpreted science, unproven and irrational treatments, recommendations that are actually dangerous, pop psychology, mysticism, and superstition. And my own personal note on this woman, you originally sent me a video where she talked a bit about COVID and how it's a scam and links it to 5G and a bunch of other mm-hmm. um, Bill like Gates. Li- lizard people style. Sure. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the word? Conspiracy theory. So when she shows up on that video, and then when she introduces herself on her website, she lists all of her TV appearances. Like, I've been on Dr. Oz, I've been on Oprah, I've been here, as if that's her credibility. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, like, how many times have we seen a doctor go on Dr. Oz or on Oprah Winfrey or whatever and then gain credibility? Like, look at Dr. Phil, for example. Right. People think that he's, like, totally legit. And meanwhile, I mean, come on. Maybe he was at one point, but not anymore. Uh, yeah, exactly. He, He's he, basically Jerry Springer now. Exactly, exactly. It's all sensationalism. Actually, I just wanted to mention that I found out about this woman from my mom who sent that video to a group chat with me and my sisters and her. The lizard, and the lizard people video. The lizard, yeah, the lizard one. That's what one. I'm going to refer to it as yeah, from yeah. now on. So she, she sent it. And my mom is a wonderful lady. She's beautiful intelligent, funny, all of those things. And then she goes and sends this. I started watching it. I was like, mom, no, (laughs) what are you doing? Well, my mom also sent me a COVID related video at the beginning. It was a voice memo and it was started with someone saying doctors have done an autopsy on someone with COVID. And this is a doctor from Spain. And the reason we're recording it here is so that it gets, you know, like something like that. And then goes into all of this information about COVID. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what's the source, mom? Exactly. That's the same thing that I asked my mom. It's like, look at the source, mom. Well, this one didn't even have a source. Exactly. There were no sources. Saying I've been on Oprah is not a source. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a credible source. Well, I mean, for a lot of people, especially middle-aged women, I would imagine, who, you know, have spent most of their lives watching Oprah in the afternoons and taking everything that she says as sort of gospel. It probably is a a source, considered a source anyway. If Oprah believes it's true, it must be true, right? Right. She's a billionaire. Well, Oprah once had that author on her TV show, the one who talked about drug addiction, and then it turns out he lied and made up the whole thing. Oh, yeah. Was he the one that wrote all those... um... Like a million little pieces? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean... Just because someone has a TV show doesn't mean that they themselves are a credible source. Absolutely Especially not not if it's daytime television. Mm -hmm. So that's just, I just wanted to point out that listing pop TV shows is not credibility and does not mean that you are someone we should listen to. But she does also list off where she got her medical degree and all those other things too. Yeah, but she really focuses on her TV appearances. Of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) She's like, I got my medical degree here and then I did my, uh, what do they call it? When after you get- Residency? Yeah, your residency. I did my residency here and like it all sounds legit. And then she's like, and I've been on Oprah and I've been on Dr. Oz and I've been here and there and everywhere. I'm like, I have two books or whatever. Cool. Good for you. I'd love to be on Oprah. And then proceeds to talk about 5G networks and Bill Gates. Okay. So, I mean, we're going to get a little bit more into this, but I I really think before we before we get into something else that I think is really important for us to talk about, I think that this sort of adds to people mistrusting doctors. Doctors are just people. They're not the people who have the answer to all of our problems all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's sort of this idea that we have of, well, you need to talk, trust doctors. They know what they're they're talking about. Okay, but then you find out that these doctors are people who believe in lizard people or the conversation I want to have next, demons. Yeah. Demons. Or they're just like generally scummy people, you know? Like right. doctors are human beings just like everyone else. But I think that a lot of people, they 
they hold doctors up on a pedestal, right? right. They're, they, a, they're an authority that we exactly. have been told to trust since we were children. And also a lot of people don't know a lot about medical stuff. Like they don't know about diseases and they don't know about like what's going on in their own bodies and anatomy and all this kind of stuff. So a lot of doctors, they have all of this information. They have this wealth of information and they can kind of like lord it over us and be like, I know all like... You know, yeah. I know all this stuff. I did the studying and you didn't because right. you're a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not because I went to school for like seven ye- or 10 years or whatever. It right. Is. I have so much medical debt, so I know more than you. Exactly. Yeah. Which honestly, like doctors do know more than us in a lot of ways. Okay, absolutely. Before- I'm not trying to say that doctors are not, you know, intelligent, hardworking people. They absolutely are. I respect doctors for the most part, except when they start talking about how you can get impregnated by demons. Listen. Judaism does have demons, but it's just not part of our popular culture the way it is for a lot of Christians. And why do what demons really like? Can you explain this to me? Do you know more about this than I do? Like, why do demons? Christians love demons so much? Well, as a person who grew up Catholic, I think it has to do with the whole keeping you in line thing. I mean, making sure that you're doing what you're meant to be doing. It's a thing that, that can be held over you to make you feel afraid, guilty. Right. To not do the things that they don't want you to do. But like doesn't there come a point sex. in sex? <laughs> right. And then, I mean, even worse is when you have sex with the succubus and then you've got an illness or are, are gay now. Yeah, it's it's generating fear in people. It's making them think, like, if I have sex, like premarital sex or sex with a man and I'm a man or a woman and I'm a woman, then literal physical manifestations of evil or going to be able to enter my body. So like it's it's basically saying stay away and it's providing some sort of a consequence that could potentially reach beyond your physical life. Right. But there comes a point where you realize the tooth fairy isn't real and Santa Claus is a lie made up by your parents. So why hasn't this but happened with demons? different, right? Okay, Don't well, you know that? <laughs> if you ask me, Santa Claus is part of religion, but that's a whole <laughs> other conversation we'll save for another episode. Uh-huh. I guess, well, Santa Claus is a lie. We tell kids to keep them in line. Be a good kid or you're not going to get your presents from Santa. Naughty nice list. Cool for you. Well, I think oftentimes like they'll have other things like the boogeyman or uh, what's that German version of Santa Claus? And he's like gnarly. Krampus? Krampus. Yeah, is that it? There's a bunch of like European Santas that aren't like nice and rosy and bring gifts. They're like, if you don't do what you're supposed to do, this motherfucker is going to come and like steal you away. Fuck you're up never going to see your family again. So you better stay in line. And I feel like that's in, in the same vein. I think you're right. But I think as kids, we tend to believe a lot of things. And it's funny because, you know, eventually we come to realize, OK, yeah, the Easter Bunny isn't real and Santa Claus isn't real. But for whatever reason, the Bible is pretty. Right. Maybe yeah. because because in our side quest stories, we've got examples of demons, but Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny aren't in our, our ancient texts. Yeah, So for sure. You know, we can point and be like, but look, proof that this used to be a thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think demon stories are really entertaining. Absolutely. Some of the scariest movies are the ones that, for me, involve religion and demons and that kind of stuff. I don't get easily scared either by by movies. I know you don't yep, like scary movies. Yep, not a movies, fan of so. horror movies. <laughs> <laughs> but like horror movies to me are are usually outside the realm of of uh, believability. Those slasher movies and monster movies and stuff. I'm always like, okay, obviously this isn't real. But show me one of those um, movies where it's like somebody gets possessed and you have to exercise the demon. And I'm like, okay, it's a little creepy though. 
It's yeah. a little creepy, though. I am much more afraid of movies where authorities, like institutions and authority, abuse their power. Mm. So, like, I'm much more afraid of, like, movies about women being, like, sent to asylums and then getting lobotomized because that yeah. actually happened. Mm-hmm. Or, you know. One Flew of the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah, like, that one scares. Like, that I find those things way freaked scarier. me out. The movie Sucker Punch is, like, it was originally, I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't. The reviews were bad. They're like, it's just porn for guys who like to abuse women. But the entire movie was a comment on all of the stereotypes of how we victimize women, like women empowering themselves. And it was just all these different examples of women being objectified and like how they fight back, like Mm. literally women with swords and fighting back against metaphorical monsters and how it helps free them. And those kinds of things I find way scarier than demon possession. But I guess I wasn't raised with demons as my monster under the bed story. Well, just to give you a little bit of history on me, when I was young, I actually had a strong fear of God. I remember, I can remember being a child and like thinking, uh, quote unquote, impure thoughts. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be sex, but thinking something like, God, I hate you, for example. I hate you, God. That to me was like sinning. That was like a sin. And I and that was like an intrusive thought, not something that I actually believe, but just something that like came into my head. Right. Right. And the fact that I even thought that thought to me, I thought that God was going to punish me, that he was going to, you know, do something bad to me. And I remember like waking up and I was crying, like I got all worked up in my own head. This is like bedtime or something. I was like alone. Yeah. You know, and, and I got all worked up. I started crying. I went to my mom and dad and I was like, mom, dad. They were like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I was like, Ugh. I didn't even know like how to even like articulate. I had an intrusive thought that God is going to, that I hated God and now God's going to punish me because he knows all my thoughts. Exactly. Yeah. So growing up when I was told in first grade that God is everywhere and sees everything as a person who has been like touching herself for so long, she doesn't remember when she started. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking like, like, first of all, my first thought was, "Ah, God can see that. That's so uncomfortable. This is a thing I do in my private time. I don't want God to see that. It didn't stop me from doing it. But I just didn't want God to watch. God, God. (laughs) Can't you you some privacy? (laughs) Yeah. Same thing. When my grandfather died and my mom was like, he'll always be with you and he'll see everything you do in the afterlife. I'm like, I don't want my dead grandfather to watch everything (laughs) I do in my life. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, that's where I was at. I think eventually I was probably, I don't know, maybe early teens or something when I kind of had an epiphany and I was like, what the hell am I doing? Like, (laughs) why am I like killing myself? Just like making my life terrible, anxiety and everything else for some potentially unknown, unseen thing. You know, this is this is useless. And then I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I, I don't think I I don't know what I believe, but I. I know that this ain't it. I knew that at 12. Right. That God, there is a God, was not going to be I think if there's a God that me. exists, they they don't care if you're masturbating. Yeah, masturbating or thinking impure th- or having intrusive thoughts or whatever. Yeah. He's not going to punish me for something that uh, is beyond my control, let's say. Right. I think if God exists the way that we've been led to believe that God exists, God doesn't give a shit if you're, if you're thinking, yeah, anything like that. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That would not be the place that I think God would step in. But that's just me. I know, but then you read the Bible and you hear what people say in church and everything else. And uh, definitely as a young person, as you're very impressionable, you will believe anything. I mean, hence Santa, Easter Bunny, everything else. Why wouldn't you believe that? And why wouldn't you believe in demons and everything else? Right. And I guess some people, the God stays with them and the demons stay too. Exactly. 
Final thoughts on demons and then we'll... Oh, no. Well, I mean, final thoughts. Okay. So my, my, thought, I, yeah. my thought was just like, what do you think demons are into, like, sex-wise? I think anything. I think I might be a demon. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, I feel like you've probably got your standard BDSM demons. Like, those are the ones that Satan hires mm-hmm. for, for hell, the ones who like to inflict pain. Yeah. I think you probably got your demons who are like, like the subby demon that convinces you to do harm. Like those are the submissive ones. But like, okay. Like, yeah, hurt me, daddy. Like those, those. <laughs> but do those you think ones? this demon just like, does he show up in a puff of smoke and just like, and then he's just like sort of hanging out in the corner <laughs> like, hey, daddy. Like, you know, like. <laughs> um, I'm a fan of like the succubus succubi literature. Uh-huh. Those are the sex demons that they come and they have sex with you and then they take all your energy. Yeah, but how are they having sex with you? Are they having sex with your face, with your butt? With I'm your... going to go with the way that men have reacted after we have sex. I'm going to assume that I'm the succubus because I just have to take naps after and we're doing some pretty basic shit. Yeah. So I don't think it takes much. But well, I'm I the guess sex you are demon. stealing yeah. their energy in a, in a way, but they probably just need to hit the gym or something. The like... way that our personal friend group talks about sex sometimes, they're like, I can't masturbate before a workout because it just takes all my energy away. I can't masturbate or it'll take the energy away from me, like pursuing life goals. And I'm like, what are you doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, yeah. You know what, though? Masturbation is a little bit different, I think, than than sex. Fair. In terms of people's perceptions of it. Because there's definitely more, is there more of a negative connotation with masturbation? I feel like there is. It's like you're interfering with yourself. They call, that's what they call it. You're interfering (laughs) with your own energy and you're not like, it's like you're taking something away from yourself. I've never felt like I'm interfering with myself. In fact, I usually am more energized after. I mean, I know it's like a difference between men versus women and how our bodies work. I do understand. Please don't write in. I know about refractory periods. Please calm down. But uh, back to demons. How do you think demons have sex? Well, I don't know. It was just a thought. I was like, I wonder. I mean, like, I feel like they would probably do butt stuff because, you know. The back door is no reproduction necessary. No, I was just thinking like it's like a it's more taboo and it's like you're not supposed to be putting stuff in there. It's an exit, yeah, not an entrance. Exactly. So I feel like they'd probably be doing butt stuff. But if you're gonna impregnate somebody, obviously you have to but can you impregnate their butt if well, you... they're if they're a dude? Okay, <laughs> so Something? I mean you can pass STIs through the butt. So That's true. so I don't know about that theory. But like impregnating somebody with a demon, you'd have to do You know what this is reminding me of? What? Those alien dildos that come with eggs that you can impregnate people with alien eggs. Do you okay, know about I've this? never heard of that. We're gonna go to Bag Dragon after this and look at some some fun dildos okay, after fun. this. But anyway, yeah, okay. um, this website makes like dra- giant dragon tongs, which I would like and cannot afford. If you would like to send me a gift, listeners, please send me a giant purple, red, or black dragon dick. Thank you. But aside from that, they have these alien dicks where they're just weird shapes and they come with like eggs that you lube up and you can literally impregnate people with your alien babies for that fetish. I'm thinking that, like, I would totally do that with demon babies. Like, I I would like that episode of Buffy with Cordelia. Oh, yeah. No, that was Angel, my friend. Oh, it was Angel. Come okay. on. Get your, Sorry. Get your facts straight Gotta before re-watch. you start speaking on Buffy and Angel. <laughs> okay, well, Cordelia gets impregnated with a demon baby. Yeah, that's true. That was a good episode. She she has that, like, she, overnight that bear, she yeah. has a huge... Um, a huge demon belly. Well, that's how it would happen, isn't it? You know, they don't grow at a normal rate. They're a demon baby. Isn't that also what happens in Twilight with the vampire baby? I haven't seen it. Okay, enough pop culture. Okay, just quick right turn into the second article that we talked about. Another doctor who has some interesting... I think it's interesting that these are both female doctors that are getting famous for their 
their opinions. You know what? I think that especially for women, they want to trust women. Right. They they feel more inclined to trust women because they understand think, they have the body. Yeah, exactly. They got the same parts. Yeah. And but also I think there's a standing history of men and I guess male doctors sort of not believing women when they say that they have Oh, there's a problems. Mil- there's a million studies on this actually. Oh my god. So I found actually like a, a great um, thing online of all the things that women have died from, according to men. You look that up, and while you look that up, I'm going to add that I do think that Western medicine in general has ignored women for a long time. There's also a lot of studies that have been conducted on medicine that were only conducted on white men. And then they take those that data and they apply it to women, and it can't be applied to women. This is why women with autism get ignored. This is why they don't know anything about the clitoris. Mm-hmm. Because people don't think the clitoris was worth researching because it's just for women, so why do we care? It has nothing to do with their health. Right. And, they didn't bother to uh, to look yeah. into it. Yeah. There's also just generally women's pain gets ignored. So even though we have done studies that show that women have higher pain tolerance than men because we have to because we give birth and that's fucking painful and deal with cramps every single month, theoretically. Um, but because of those things, women have a higher pain tolerance overall. And yet when a woman goes to the doctor and says, I'm in pain, she is less likely to be listened to. And they say it's just anxiety. So if a woman's in physical pain, but you know women have higher pain tolerance, why wouldn't you then go, oh, she that must be excruciating for the average person. I don't understand the logic there. Okay, you found the article? It's not an article. It's more Sorry, like a list. meme. It's okay. a list. <clears throat> Basically, it's uh, things women in literature have died from. And it's a list. Okay, so here. Cold hands. Beautiful face. Missing slippers. Yep. Wrist fevers. Night brain. <laughs> going outside at night in Italy. Shawl and... Sh- <laughs> Shawl insufficiency. <laughs> Too many pillows. <laughs> Garden troubles. Someone said no very loudly while they were in the room. I mean, that would kill me. Someone oh, told me you, no very sure. loudly while I was in the room. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm dead. <laughs> Letter reading fits. Drawing room anguish. <laughs> uh, not enough pillows. Haven't seen the sea in a long time. <laughs> Too many novels. Pony exhaustion, (laughs) strolling congestion, sherry served too cold, (laughs) ship infidelity, (laughs) spent more than a month in London after growing up in Yorkshire. So that's the list. Thank you for. I thought it was funny. That's thank you for sharing the list. I think I've seen that before, but it's funny every time. I love shawl insufficiency. (laughs) I mean, I've caught a chill before. Yeah, but you know, like that. The gym insists on us catching a chill with these outdoor goddamn workouts in the middle of winter. Well, what else can you do, right? Well, if Just I die, make sure you have enough shawls when say, you're doing it, right? I'm going to start packing more shawls when we go to yeah. our outdoor boot camps. Okay, you know what? So- I, I I don't really wear shawls. I feel like that's not a thing anymore. No. People don't really do shawls anymore. Do no, they? now we have coats. I have worn a shawl, but I call it a blanket scarf or a cape. When I think of a shawl, I think of something that's been crocheted. I have and one. And it's not like um, necessarily, it, it has a lot of holes in it. Yeah. You know, like it's not going to really do anything to keep you warm. When you see those like old timey uh, historical dramas where women are like out in the cold and what they're actually wearing in the cold. I'm always like, how are you not freezing right now? They're basically completely undressed and like their whole chest and neck is exposed. So there's actually two answers for that. The first is that when they do historical dramas, they want them to be pretty. 
And the second is that in a lot of photographs, people knew they were being photographed. So the same way that you might do your makeup and hair, mm. they picked out their outfit. So you'll see these women on farms and yeah. they're wearing 5,000 skirts and a corset. Mm-hmm. It's because they knew they were being photographed that day. Those women wore pants when they farmed. I got you. Yeah. Oh, weirdly enough, I did see a video of a woman putting on all of the layers of clothing that you would put on in, I don't, I don't know. 1800s? Like when, 17? Yeah, 1700s, I guess. Yeah. It was insane. Yeah. It was like she had like, you know, 20 layers and most of them were skirts and then also the um the the corset bit. Right. And I'm just thinking like how did no wonder people were ha- uh women were having the problems that we found in what was it? You know, garden troubles <laughs> and not enough pillows because probably they were passing out cuz they didn't have enough friggin' air. So yeah, I was to say historical women problems, current lady troubles. Oh, I should also add for our listeners who don't know this, I actually see a naturopath and I found it to be very helpful to me. And when I told my doctor I wanted to see a naturopath, my female doctor was, she did not seem too pleased because there are some naturopaths out there that are that are like Christian Northrup. And it's frustrating because my naturopath has been incredibly helpful Though my my Western style doctor was like, here's the solution to your problem. I know no other solutions. And I'm like, well, that solution doesn't work for me. I'm talking about my PCOS friends. My doctor was like, hormonal birth control is the only answer for your PCOS. And I'm like, unfortunately, hormonal birth control is no longer an option for me because of all the side effects like depression and suicidal thoughts and actually going crazy once a month and the bleeding for two months straight. And the fact that I am really hairy now, please explain that. Things like that. Like all of the side effects were just not livable side effects. No one would tell a man to live with these side effects. Mm. And I know this because whenever they've developed a male birth control and men go, the side effect of this is I am inconvenienced mildly. They're like, oh, well, that's not good enough. So I guess we're not going to do that. That was the only option. So I told my doctor I'd give her a year trying it her way. And then I was looking for other options if they didn't work. I think I lasted maybe eight, six to eight months. And I was like, this is not working for me. Treating my body like a science experiment right now is just not working. I tried four different birth controls. None of them were effective. Like one of them absolutely killed my sex drive completely. Women on the IUD, if your sex drive is dead and you used to have one, check and see if it's the progesterone. That's not livable. Having a birth control that kills your sex drive, that is not livable. That's not, the birth control isn't supposed to make you not want to have sex at all. It's supposed to keep you from getting pregnant if you have sex. So I did some research. But women aren't supposed to have sex or want to have sex, Ray. Come on. A good medical doctor doesn't believe that. (laughs) That's part of it. If your doctor truly believes that, get a new doctor. So I did my own research. I actually had a friend who had it who gave me this book that was like the eight different root causes of PCOS, also written by a naturopath. And I googled best PCOS doctors in the city. And I found this woman and she was the highest rated. And she basically said, okay, so fill out these forms. We're going to also check for other vitamin deficiencies. And based off of the fact that like you already know you have this diagnosis that makes my life easier, here's what you can do. You're going to take the supplement. You're going to cut carbs out of your life because yours is linked to insulin resistance, most likely. Maybe it's your adrenals. Here's a supplement. We'll try it and call me in a few months. And I went, cool. Were the supplements expensive and included Chinese herbs? Yes. But those ones were temporary. The other one, she's like, she was really great in being like, if you want to save money, get this one in powdered format and it will be cheaper. If you want to be expensive, get mine. It has a Chinese herbs, but here's the like generic version of it that you could get from any store for less money, right? She wasn't just trying to sell me on shit. And her method worked. Mm-hmm. My doctor sent me to a gynecologist that was her recommendation and told the gynecologist that I wanted to see her for birth control options for my PCOS. My doctor wasn't even listening to a fucking thing I said. I think that's the problem, though, is that they're, yeah, they're not listening. 
yeah, doctors, she wasn't listening to what I was saying. I didn't feel heard. I go to this naturopath and she says, I hear you. And I have a solution for the problem, not a mask for the symptom. Mm-hmm. And at that point, my, do- my dad calls her the witch doctor or the fake doctor. And he was making fun of me. And still he'll be like, is the witch doctor working? I'm like, actually, dad, yes, the witch doctor is working. Thank you for asking. But I remember like originally I was like, it was an expensive first meeting with her. Yeah. And my dad made some sort of comment or I think I was at dinner with my dad and he goes, oh, so you want to see a witch doctor? I'm like, dad, I'll make you a bet. If she works, you owe me $250 for the witch doctor's initial assessment. And if I'm wrong and she doesn't work, can I please have $250 for the initial assessment? And he was like, yeah, I'll pay for it. And I was like, thanks, dad. So lucky me, you know, generational wealth. Hillary Banks? (laughs) Yeah. No, it was really nice. And I felt very like blessed to be able to have that as an option. And a lot of women don't have that option, which is totally fair because naturopaths aren't considered real doctors and they aren't covered. Even though they do go to medical school, they go to like university for biology and medicine, but it's a different, they're just not considered real because of the associations with lizard people. Yeah, I mean, like what's with the beef between medical doctors and naturopaths? You know that scene in Anchorman where all the different like anchor teams show up and then they have a fight to the death? Yeah. I wonder if that would be like. But in this case, this woman isn't even a naturopath. She's an OBGYN who believes all of these things like energy work. So she's less legitimate than my naturopath who Mm -hmm. is rooting her things in science. Anyway, I also read an article that I could not find again after I read it that I wanted to show you, but it was talking about why is it white women? Why are they the face of the movement of like energy healing and naturopathy and or just like using the oils? No, uh, uh, essential oils. oils. The essential oils. And why are people trusting this? And the article basically said that women have been going to doctors and feeling not heard for so long that when someone else comes to you and says, I have another option and it's natural, even though all medicine is technically natural, but that's a different discussion. You know, it's natural and it will help cure it. And it's not just going to be me telling you Advil or anxiety. Let's try something a little bit less intense than pharmaceuticals as our first option. So you have this person who listens to you, gives you something that sounds like a feasible option. Of course, you're going to trust that person. And I got lucky that I did my research and knew what to look for when finding a naturopath. But if I had been ignored for so long and then someone came up and was like, have you considered my pyramid scheme? I'd be like, I'm willing to try your pyramid scheme because that sounds like a better option than what my doctor's giving me. I have a little anecdote actually about going to the doctor and not feeling heard. But although I was going to a doctor in Korea, so there was a level of uh, uh, language barrier, I suppose. But anyhow, I was having a problem with my scalp being like, excessively itchy it wasn't lice though i just want to make that clear it wasn't lice um so it was just like excessively itchy and i was like scratching and scratching to the point where like i would come back and there would be like blood on my fingernails because i was like just scratching the area so much i'm sorry if this is getting a little tmi i'm into it uh anyhow so i'm like this is enough's enough i'm gonna go see a dermatologist and find out what the hell's going on so i go in the the guy speaks english most Doctors in Korea speak a certain decent level of English, some better than others. So uh, I go in there, I talk to him. I'm like, look, this is the problem. My my scalp is really itchy. He doesn't look at my scalp. He doesn't do anything to me physically. He just says, oh, you have this problem. I can't even remember what it was that he said. And uh, you need to cut your hair really, really short and just keep it short if you want this to go away. When I was of, like, uh, Just a question. Would head and shoulders dandruff shampoo have done the trick? Just wondering. No, because I had used like, it wasn't dandruff. Come on. No, I meant like when you get a really dry scalp when it's so dry that it gets itchy. 
Oh, that would have I mean, been my my first question would have been, is my scalp just super dry? So the, his first suggestion is just cut all your hair off and keep it short like a little boy's haircut. To describe to my listeners, when I met Danielle, her hair was down to her butt. It has currently been trimmed to just above the breast, mermaid length, if you will. Hmm. So this it's is not, not quite mermaid length. This is mermaid length like below the, the boobies. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was mermaid length when I met you. Yeah, it was mermaid. But length. like, this is not a, a short hair styled woman. Exactly. I've never had short hair except for when I was a baby. And to say to a woman, just cut your hair short, not acknowledging all of the associations with femininity and hair and the messaging that society's been telling you about your hair for so long. Yeah. What a fucking male doctor. Okay. Continue. I mean, that was basically, I was like, okay, well, I'm not doing that. Goodbye. And then left and never did anything about it. So I'm actually still struggling with this uh, problem today because I'm currently too lazy to go and see a doctor. I was going to ask, what was the solution? But interestingly, in Korea, when you want to go to the doctor, it's very quick. They have this whole idea of um, bali bali. Bali bali means like fast, fast. And so like in any service industry in Korea, they're like, like chop, chop, like let's get these people you know, served in and out. And they see medicine as a service and, Yeah, industry. medicine is a service uh, as well. You can literally show up to a doctor's office without a, um, an appointment. Without an appointment, <laughs> thank you. And uh, you can be seen within like 30 minutes. They'll see you. All right. You know, Let's and to Korea. you're in. So it's, it's very easy. And like you can switch doctors very easily. There's plenty of doctors around to be seen. Now, I don't know what the quality of all the doctors is like, but still, that's what it's like there. But here, you know, I can't get a I can't get a doctor. I can't even right. get There's a, a wait list. Yeah. You yeah. Need, and you need a, a referral to get to the dermatologist yeah. who could be the specialist. Or... And when you go, you have to make an appointment and then you show up and then you wait for 45 minutes, even though your appointment was at whatever time. Yeah. And you're sitting in the waiting room for a really long time. Actually, you know, I was just but talking. But it's free unless you don't have insurance for that specialist and don't have the referral. Yeah. Uh, but also in Korea, it's very cheap to go see a doctor. They also have uh, like healthcare for all of their citizens. So it's not like it's expensive there either. Yeah. If one thing about this whole pandemic has been good, it's that like I actually had a problem that I needed to see a doctor about and all I had to do was call them up and then a doctor called me back at a certain time. Right. I spoke to them over the phone. They gave me a prescription over the phone, which they sent to the pharmacy that was across the street from me. Right, because they didn't need to examine you. Exactly. I was like, this we is the problem. There should be. I loved it. Telehealth should just be this. Not I loved you it. calling a nurse and them telling you to go to the emergency room. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or like having to go in physically to see a doctor every time you have an issue. Right. Like it's not necessary. It's a waste of time. Think about like all the time that you spend. You have to go to the doctor's office. You have to wait at the doctor's office. You well, especially imagine seen. if you could just send them a photo. Of whatever is going on sometimes. Oh, all right. But I mean, <laughs> like, not for yours. But no, I was thinking like if you're like, my scalp is itchy. And they're like, great, send me this kind of a photo. You could just send them a photo of your scalp. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, that's definitely a possibility. I don't know about like, mm, there you could be some... a cup, then you need to go to the doctor. Sure. But uh, at the same time, they could just say, go to the lab and get your stuff done. And then you pee in the cup there. I mean, like, right. you don't have to be seen by a doctor. Right. Right. Fair. So, yeah, I was just thinking about this the other day. I was like, this is great. I hope this stays this way so that I don't have to physically yeah. be in the room with a doctor every single time, unless it's something where they actually need to examine me. 
before we head into a commercial break, just to make sure that our listeners understand why I brought uh, these topics to the table today. How is the sex and relationships, right? Other than you talking about being a fuck demon. The reason that I want to bring this up is because I think that sexual health is linked to mental health and physical health. And I also think that women's health is a huge factor in sex and sex ed. And obviously the health of your body impacts the sex you're going to have. So we can't talk about sex, sexuality, and humans without also talking about the kind of medical care that we receive because sexual health, reproductive health, they're all linked, right? Like I go see a doctor for my PCOS, the medication they put me on affected my sex life. Everything is linked and connected. And I just want to make sure that people understand that women's issues are everyone's issues and women's health is everyone's health. We should be looking at our medical systems and how they treat women and thinking, how can we improve that? Because that'll improve everything for everyone in the whole world. That's just wanted to make sure people really understood that. Mm -hmm. So on that note, we're going to head into a commercial break. Sex News with Ray is sponsored by BoobsAndWings.com. Boobs and Wings is your number one place to get art on buttons by beautiful guest artists. What's the art you ask? It's a penis or a boob. That's why it's called BoobsAndWings.com. These are hand-pressed pin-back buttons that are made in Canada, and a portion of each sale goes to the artist, and a portion of each sale is going to go to a charity that supports sex workers. By the way, I'm one of the guest artists, so if you want to find all four of my penis designs, you can do so at BoobsAndWings.com. So head there right now. Buy yourself some nice fashion. Buy a button to scare your mother-in-law. Buy a button that'll make your brother go, why did you buy this for me? Either way, it's going to be fun, and they're all pretty affordable. Once again, BoobsAndWings.com. Welcome back from our commercial break. Danielle, I'm so glad you stayed with us during that lengthy commercial break. <laughs> I almost left. <laughs> okay, I have a listener question for you. Hit me. Okay. Hey, Wife Bay Ray. Oh my God, the reason I brought this question up is because we just talked about two women doctors not knowing anything about anything and feeding misinformation. Mm. So here's this question, ready? Hey, Wife Bay Ray, what is mansplaining? Sincerely, Bomb Ray. B-O-M-B-R-A-E. Oh, okay. So they, yeah, interesting. They have a similar. I, I tie my listener questions to the right episode. Oh, yeah. It's almost like they picked a pseudonym to make fun of me directly. It's almost like this might be someone we know. Anyway, continue. Oh, do you think they're trolling you? Maybe a little. Okay, sorry. I just got uh, distracted. What, what is mansplaining? I thought oh. it was really funny to be like, what is mansplaining? And then have to explain it after talking about doctors, female doctors with yeah. like very little credibility and legitimacy who don't owe anything. Well, well, they know things. But anyway. To be fair, those two doctors, they are medical doctors. I'm sure they have plenty of knowledge. They've just also decided to infuse it with um, some spirituality, weird, weird spiritual beliefs as well. Right. Mansplaining. Mansplaining is... Do you need me to womansplain, mansplain? Okay, so... I mean, I can explain mansplaining if you want to get into your feelings on it after, because it's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, go ahead. You can... There was... Mansplaining was a term coined by a woman who was at a dinner party and she was bringing up like some research on a certain scientific topic. And a man at the dinner party goes, oh, my God, I know all about this topic. Have you read the work by this scientist? And the person tries to stop them and go, yes, I know the work. And the person interrupts this woman to continue basically explaining all of this research, how revolutionary it is, and talks down to her as if there's no way she could possibly know the topic because she's just a woman. And at the end of this man going on and on about how she doesn't understand because he read this paper on it and it was so interesting and she should read it too. She says, yeah, I know the paper. I wrote it. Yeah. So that's the background of the term mansplaining. So do you want to give us a layman's version? Okay. So my personal understanding of mansplaining is when uh, a man proceeds to explain something to a woman that she is already aware of 
right. or doesn't need to be explained. And assumes there's a there's that secret, that secret subconscious thought that this woman does not know because she is a woman. That's mm. the root of the idea for a lot of people, right? Okay. Yeah. I and it's so. it's subconscious as opposed to conscious yeah, a lot right. of the time. It's not so overt. Right. So, for example, if someone were to come up to me and be like, oh, hey, Ray, you run a latex company. Have you heard of uh, rubber cement as a glue? It's really great. I hear it's the industry standard. And me being like, yeah, I, I know. Mm -hmm. um, that would be one example. I've also had people come up to me and explain something to me. Sorry, I'll think of a really good example. When people try and give you business advice. Mm -hmm. So Danielle, by the way, is someone who whenever she gives me advice or says, hey, this would be cool. Her advice is usually fairly sound, but it's coming from a place of knowing me and knowing who I am and knowing my experience and her own varied experience. I used to have people who would say, oh my God, you're on a latex company. You should send free samples to a celebrity. That'll get you famous. And I'm like, if that worked, I would have already done that and I'd already be famous. To assume that I have not done my own research and not had my own ideas and not have a strategy when I'm running a company... I have not asked you for advice. I did not go to someone and go, hey, can you help me with my business? Hey, can you suggest an accountant? Please send me your sex positive friendly accountants. Um, <laughs> like, right? Like I wasn't asking this person for Unsolicited advice. Unsolicited advice. Yeah. I, this is when Instagram first started. If you scroll down on my like Razor Latex Instagram, I did not know what I was doing with social media when I started. But these weren't people saying, hey, you should Who really did? focus on, yeah, you should focus on this with your images. You really want to curate your Instagram to look more like this. What images can you take to fit your brand? That would have been helpful. Sending free shit to celebrities doesn't work because the stuff that they are promoting, they are paid to promote. Yeah. They don't take free things from a designer they haven't found themselves and promote them. If they have something they want to promote, they'll find you. Yeah. But saying make a thousand dollar item and send it for free to a celebrity on the off chance. And it was frequently people with no fashion experience, no marketing experience, no latex experience. And so, no brain. <laughs> it was one of those things where where that's I think mansplaining is especially egregious when someone is not an expert in their field, has zero experience in their field and then tries to explain something. I think I think this comes from the fact that like a lot of men try to be problem solvers. They don't they were never taught how to just listen actively when someone is talking. So when you say, here's a thing that I do, for some reason, they assume you're asking them to solve a problem and they try to give you advice or explain something to you. Right. For whatever reason, it seems like men don't know about venting. Right. Like, just like you just wanted to like express some grievance that you had, but you weren't looking for a solution to the grievance. You just wanted to vocalize it right. to someone and have somebody say, you know, oh, damn, really? That sucks. Yeah, the ultimate level of mansplaining that I think is like even worse is when they ask you, hey, what's going on in your life? And then you're just talking. And yeah. then they try and solve your problems. Yeah. Or like they'll introduce a topic because they want your take on it and then they try to explain to you why your opinion is wrong mm. or why what your or your information is wrong like that's like a different tier of mansplaining that I have also experienced and I'm like you asked me you asked me for this information and now you're telling me that you're wrong that I'm wrong you asked me for my opinion and now you're just like are you fucking kidding me go home I don't want to talk to you anymore yeah it's a you know I, I've had it happen to me too I mean like not on a crazy level but certainly with something like for example martial arts or whatever i remember mm, one time a woman in martial arts being mansplained to who would have guessed <laughs> well it's a very male dominated sport generally speaking and uh i just remember one time 
there was a guy who I was working with. He was kind of like over explaining the, the, the technique that we were meant to be learning. And um, he was a blue belt, uh, which is, you know, like one step up from a beginner white belt. But to be fair, it's like one, maybe a year and a half or two years from being a beginner. And he didn't realize that I was also a blue belt. Aren't you close to a purple belt now or something, too? Uh, that's questionable. I don't know. <laughs> you know, you'd have to talk to my instructors. But um, you're a blue belt, too. You two yeah, are on equal we footing. Were on, well, you know, there's a lot of variety within each belt level. Uh, the, the belt system is really just there to kind of it's a it's a guideline so that you can kind of be like, OK, I know that this person has maybe been training for this amount of time and knows a know certain this. amount of techniques and that sort of thing. You know, you can have like a lot of uh, uh, variables within okay. that. So anyway, I was wearing a blue gi, like which is the sort of kimono or whatever that you wear. So I had the blue gi on and then I also had the blue belt on the gi. And then eventually he... Um, noticed that I had the blue belt on. He was like, oh my God, I'm so, oh, you're a blue belt. I didn't even, I didn't realize. Like he felt really bad about it. So I, so. But he assumed because you were a woman. That's the only assumption I can make. Because if he had looked at the rest of your body. I don't know. I, I'm a type of person that I want to believe that people, you know, men, most men are are generally, they believe that women are, they're equals and that we're That's capable of. I think that's what I mean by it's a subconscious thought. It's all of the societal messaging that women need help. Women need to be protected. Women are victims. Women don't, women, like the subconscious messaging around all of those things that make men assume that they need to come to the rescue. And a nice guy is going to try and teach you and make sure that you can do it for yourself because Mm -hmm. give a man a fish and, you know, he's got a fish for a day, but teach a man to fish and, you know, he's got a useful skill and can feed himself the rest of his life or whatever the fuck that phrase is, you know. I think you yeah, added like 40 explain, more words to explain that. something to a woman and she'll then know forevermore the thing that you wanted her to know. And and certainly just in having like conversations with people, I really like watching MMA, mixed martial arts. And so a lot of men that I've, I've met are just like shocked that I know anything about um, about the sport, about, you know, who's in the sport and, yeah. you know. All those Versus me, the of- fake geek girl of MMA who just like watches it and goes, Danielle, what's going on? <laughs> Danielle, explain this to me. Yeah. Danielle, what's the background that I need to know for this fight? <laughs> exactly. So, so yeah, I've experienced that. And and certainly, um, you know, in, in, in the music world as well, like, right. it so, happens everywhere in all facets. So just to give our listeners a guideline for what is mansplaining versus not, what is just explaining. Mansplaining is when you are not an expert in the field. And you explain to an expert something that they already know, and you don't bother to figure out if they know more than you do in the first place. It's mansplaining when you as a man walk up to a woman, assume she does not know the thing. You are not an expert. Expert, This person is. But you assume she's not because she's a woman and then proceed to explain to her the thing she already knows. That's mansplaining. Explaining is when you are an expert or at the same level of this person in the field, and the person says, hey, can you explain this to me? And then you explain it. Right? Like that's explaining. If you are an expert in your field and you are a man and there's a woman who is a novice in the field and you explain something, that is explaining. It's about expert level. So also anyone who's listening to this who uh, has been overusing mansplaining to just describe any time a man explains anything, that's not mansplaining. That's just explaining. I feel like, yeah, this mansplaining thing has been used in so many contexts that it doesn't even apply in. And to try and make men feel bad for like 
offering information to people. It's like there's nothing wrong with giving people information who don't who aren't aware of it. Now it's to the point where everybody's like, don't mansplain. And I'm like, is he mansplaining or did he explain it to you because you're an idiot? Something to keep in mind. I firmly believe that women and men are dumb equally. Yeah, we're equally stupid. Equally moronic. I'm I'm also like, I'm one of those people where I want to help people and I'm happy to give advice. But like, I also know the spaces that I know nothing. Mm -hmm. So like if I'm at the kickboxing gym and someone is on their first day and they get paired up with me, they think I know what I'm doing. And I'm like, ha ha, you are incorrect. I know very little. I know slightly more than you. But what I do know is that your elbows are winging out every time you punch. So that's one thing I can correct. And so I will correct that for you. But anything beyond that, I'm going to send you over to the instructor. I do find that, especially with martial arts, maybe I get partnered with somebody who's new or, or relatively new. Sometimes they don't they don't like it when when you correct. when I try to offer some friendly advice. All of the women that I've been partnered up with, because I rarely get partnered up with men, have been very happy to just have anyone sort of be like, "Oh, it looks like you're doing this," but like because I don't know what I'm doing, I'll also then be like, "I'm not sure though." When the instructor comes around to watch us, let's double check and ask. Mm-hmm. And then the instructor's like, nah, you got this. And I'm like, did you even look? But anyway, that's a that's a whole other issue. Yeah. <laughs> this kind of reminds me of like uh, singing with someone. You know, somebody's trying to do harmonies. And then all you, of a sudden it's then, not a harmony. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the, the first person's singing the harmony thing. Like I'll, I've experienced this with um, with people that I've tried to sing with. And it, it's not easy to sing harmonies when someone else is singing a different like thing. Yeah. So, yeah, but then they end up reverting to whatever you happen to be saying. <laughs> just yeah. like, all right. So one other thing that like I also find a little frustrating or that will make things, I think, easier for people who want to know the difference between an explain or a man or woman's plain. When someone asks me a question and I am an expert in this thing, I also understand that this is my way of doing things, not the way of doing things. If I'm in charge of you and you are doing something for me, you're going to do it my way because that's what I want. Unless you come up with a better way and show me that it's better. But if someone is asking me, how do I make latex in this? I'm very much like, this is my way. I've had internships at three different other companies. So what I've noticed from that is there are more than there's more than one way to put together an outfit. There's more than one technique. And so you need to find the way that works for you that you like the most. So when people say, how do you do this? I go, this is how I do this. This is what I have found works for me. This is a technique I like. This is the aesthetic I like. It's not necessarily the right way. It's a way. And here's how I can show you to do that. Mm -hmm. And if someone, but in those cases, people have come to me and asked. And then I'm explaining to them, this is my way of doing it. And I think people don't understand that when someone is explaining something, that's their way. And they can express it. This is my way of doing it. Versus like, this is the only way to do it. When it comes to sex, this also applies. <laughs> Maybe more so than others. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, um, I really like it when you do this. That's great. You can't do that on another woman. She might say, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you yeah. touching me like that? Stop touching me. Yeah. You freak. You want a hang job? You're getting the hang job my husband likes. That's for sure. Because <laughs> that's the only hang job I know how to give anymore. <sighs> hand jobs. Mm. Do you like giving hand jobs? I like dicks. So I mean, yes. I like dicks too, oh, but like I like I like uh, the first half of the hand job. I don't like the second half where they want to come. At that point, I'm like, just masturbate, please. I You're hurting like my shoulder. Uh, hand jobs are difficult. I feel like I am um, trying to do something that, that you they do know how to do <laughs> perfectly. And I don't know how to do it perfectly on them. I mean, I do the whole like, show me how you masturbate hand over hand. Like, I'll make them show me how they masturbate, then I'll do the whole, like, put your hand over mine and show me how you like it, and then I'll take over from there. 
And then if they go, no, I don't like this. I'm like, well, I give up. I'm leaving. We're never having sex again. And then I slam the door behind me. (laughs) I'm just joking. I'm only mediocre at sex, though. (laughs) Yeah, well, I don't know. For me, hand jobs, I don't I'm not like I'll do it. I'm not like, no, I'm not going to, you know, touch your dick with my hand. But like an actual hand job, especially if the dick is dry, it's like. What am I even doing? I mean, I'm a dick appreciator. Like, this is why I do dick ratings on my OnlyFans, because I genuinely appreciate dicks. I'm like, oh, the texture. Oh, the silky softness of your male member. The throbbing, pulsating dream that is in my hands. And I think people can tell that I'm just, I'm having fun. Yeah. I don't like when a guy's like, stop having fun and just jerk me off to completion. Like I said, like that, that's when I'm like, just do it yourself. If you want my hand job, you're getting my hand job. I'm happy to adapt it for their pleasure. But like, I want... I want it to be clear that this is a gift I give to you. And when you eat me out, it's a gift you give to me. So I'd like you to do it properly. But I also understand if your tongue gets tired, we can pause, you know? Yeah. Well, I just feel like, uh, you know, I have other things that I can offer that they can't do for themselves. The butthole. (laughs) I wasn't really thinking about the butthole, but I suppose that's something. (laughs) I was thinking more about S and D's. Like, they can't do that themselves. Right, that's fair. And I can offer that. Listen, if they've come out of the gym and we haven't had a chance to shower yet, they're getting a hand job, not some S on that All oh, right. Like, obviously, we're talking about a clean <laughs> member that I'm going to be putting in my <laughs> mouth. I'm not going to be putting any scraggly old wiener in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, clean your shit up before I go down. <laughs> so, am I right? <laughs> I don't think I'm wrong on this one. (laughs) Yes. And while we're at it, trimming is important. Yeah, the hair should be no longer than a half inch. A half inch? A half inch is my absolute max. Okay. What's yours? Uh, Oh, half inch. Yeah. Half inch. Should I pull out the ruler? That's like, I'm being very generous. I'm thinking in terms of um, like, you know, millimeters. Oh, no. The hair length, I think, should be like for a man between a quarter to a half inch for my ideal viewing pleasure. A half inch is like my absolute max. Past yeah. that, okay. you're letting it go too far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to see Shorter waves. On the you yeah. don't want to see waves in it. I mean, <laughs> butthole should be between an eighth to a quarter if you want me to put my tongue there. Thank you. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, or zero. Zero hair on the butthole. Also acceptable. Do you Narrow like when out. a man has no hair on there? Depends. Area? If they're hairless everywhere else, I think it creates a nice smooth look. But if they are hairy and then they have a bald triangle, not a good look. <laughs> <laughs> that one's from experience. I prefer hair. On I man? prefer hair on a man. I think a little bit. But I'm saying that like if a guy himself likes to be clean shaven, mm-hmm. I don't mind as long as like it's like either ombre into the rest of you. Ombre. Faded, I believe yeah, is the yeah, term. Yeah, yeah. The, the fade. If they have faded it up, that's fine. But I also just think bald genitals in general is kind of like, I'm not a fan because I used to be a nanny and I would see naked children. And then to see someone with completely bare genitals, I'm like, oh, you like the toddler look. That creeps me out a little. I don't like it. I like like seeing a little, you know, a trimmed up hair, but like... That's it's like a man, you know yeah. what I mean? If, if there's no hair there, it's weird. It's like uh, it kind of you were not off-putting. an adult man. You were a child. Yeah, exactly. It's off-putting. Yeah. Uh, and for the same reason, that's why I, you know, keep my situation area. the way it looks. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I also like the only time that I'll ever remove all of the hair is when I fuck up my own Brazilian wax and go, guess this is getting trimmed now. Because, <laughs> you know, I squat over a mirror and do it myself. So, yeah, yeah. 
But like only if I fuck up, I'll always leave like a little specifically so that I don't look like a child. Mm -hmm. If any of my family is listening to this, great. Now, you know, (laughs) they don't even have to see it. They just just know. (laughs) It's fine. It's on the Internet behind a paywall. Ah, Yeah, it's going to be fine. They're not going to see that. They're not going to hear it. All right. So I think that's probably it for today. I think that should be it for today. Thank you for listening. Danielle, where can people contact or follow you? Uh, you can follow me on Instagram. My handle is at d.m.a.r.i.s.s. What kind of content are you putting out there? It's mainly just life stuff. You know, every now and then I'll, you know, post a picture maybe from from what I got going on. So they should not be expecting thirst traps like from my wife, Bay Ray. No, although I have had comments that suggest that there are thirst traps, although I don't feel like they're thirst trappy, but... You're just posting your life. I'm just posting my life, what's going on around like that. Sometimes I'll post in my stories, but, you know, feel free to follow me. I'm a, um, I have a public account. I don't really have anything to plug, but if you have anything work-related that you want to pay me to do... Here I am, like contact me on Instagram. You heard it. She is looking for jobs. I need a job. So uh, follow regular girl Danielle. Uh, You can also become one of the deviants defining elite by following Sex News with Ray on Facebook and Instagram. You can submit a listener question through sharewithray.com slash podcast or email sexnewswithray at gmail.com. Follow me at Wife Bay Ray on Instagram and TikTok. I had another TikTok go viral today. I'm very excited. It's not viral. It's just big on TikTok. I'm very proud of myself. And Razor Latex on Instagram, OnlyFans, and Patreon. This podcast is engineered and produced by Dave Meisner and is hosted at sexnewswithray.podbean.com. Theme music by Blank and Brilliant. Special thank you to Blue Microphones. Photography for our logo is by Dolly Shots Photography. And please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts so more people know about our podcasts and listen and can also join the regime of truth. That is all for today. We'll see you next time.